0: I was reading that um, book from, uh, uh, what is it, Sadhguru, you know, that um, the guy that's all about the joy and the Zen and that sort of stuff. And he was saying that every time you make a conclusion, you experience a little bit of death, okay. which I guess does tie into that whole life is experience kind of thing. And he's saying that, you know, that's how you see people age is because bit by bit, they've kind of closed the door and closed the door and closed the door and closed the door and whether it's like whether you know the answers or you you just don't want to look at it anymore or but do you get what I'm saying yeah, like I so do. I think there is this thing about this experience which adds to the growth which is all tied into life that once you start i mean what's what's that saying if you're not busy living you busy living you busy dying yeah do you know what I'm saying and i think that if you do get too trapped in that I go to work, I pay my bills, do, 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 do. guess what, you're on a course, you know what I mean? I mean, we're all on a course to die, yeah. that's, that's, that's human in itself, but you get what I'm saying in terms of the experience, is I still want to be making, you know, I still want my brain to be as excited as it was when I was like five years old yeah. as when I'm a hundred years old. Real People is produced by Square Holes, an agency conducting and publishing customised explorative research on key consumer markets, customers and population segments. Squareholes also provides associated consulting and support to ignite positive business and social behaviour change.
1: Visit squareholes.com for more. Radio, hello there. My name is Jason Dunstone and welcome to Real People, where we interview average and not so average people, academics, researchers and leading thinkers to help us better understand what real people believe and how they behave. Today we are joined by Simon K. Burt, a.k.a. Styles B, a contemporary artist from Australia. Simon has previously worked under the name Store, S-T-O-R-R-E, in the graffiti art movement since the 1990s and has evolved his style to take the elements of his street art and reinterprets them in his own unique style, balancing precision and imperfection. You can find more info at stylesb.com. This is a great interview to kick off a few episodes exploring art and creativity. Simon recently completed a piece of street art we commissioned on the front of our building. Go to our social media pics for more. We hear about Simon's childhood loving art and soon fascinated by graffiti. We explore topics such as street art, graffiti or vandalism and that true creativity in life is about experiences, not coming to conclusions and keeping the child alive. Uh, let's not waste a moment. On with the show.
0: Hit it. That's what I'm
1: talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning... Thanks for joining us today, Simon. I'm going to start right back at the beginning, like we do with all of these interviews. What were you like as a kid? As a kid,
0: I'd say probably the two words would be like quiet and observant. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, sort of from birth till about three or four, I used to suffer uh, like really bad seizures. Yeah. Um, They never really came up with a diagnosis for it. Like there was no, you know, it was this or it was that or whatever. Um, but as a result, I was sort of a fairly heavily medicated sort of type. From what, like,
1: age? What, what age? What age did you do sort of It's saying? all
0: blurry. I mean, obviously, I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not really something that we talk about much either. Um, yeah. I don't know the reason for that. So, just,
1: so, like, so when you say seizures, what, what? what like, a, like an epileptic seizure, I yeah, guess, okay. sort of thing. Um,
0: you know, with full body spasm type thing. And apparently, they were really quite violent and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: from an, from an early age. Yeah. So say so, so before you were. Right, sort of in your, sort of before you were 10 kind of thing. Oh, I mean, we're talking sort
0: of like under three kind of style. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was fairly medicated on that, and obviously so I don't have um, much memory of it. Wow. But, you know, from what my parents tell me, I was just like a sort of quiet little kid would just sit in the corner and just watch and observe and sort of, you know, living in my, I guess, what's that saying? You're living in my own little world. Yeah. Um, So I guess sort of by the time I got to school, I guess I don't know the, the way to describe it, It's almost like I felt like I was just being I'd just been plonked in my body, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. sort of, if, I don't know. Does that make sense? It's almost like I, I woke up and I was I was there where I wasn't there yesterday. If that makes yeah. sense. So I think when, you, of, when you
1: hit school, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So sort of, I, you know, I think a lot of the thing was is just like who am I, what am I doing here, what is a human, what is
1: a planet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because which had, I
0: still don't have any answers yeah, for, but...
1: <laughs> because you had so much other stuff going. It's almost like sort of when you... I'm, I'm assuming when you've got seizures, it's just... It's certainly beyond your control. And, you like, is there, is there a nerve? Like, it's probably a hard one to even remember, the nervousness of a kid of well, what's going to happen, or is this I think with or?
0: anything, it was just more to do with the, um... I guess the fact that I was on medication, and it sort of made me very quiet, very, you know, sort of not very interactive, maybe. Yeah,
2: okay.
0: Um, So I guess, yeah, I guess the point I'm trying to make is sort of the, the real formative years wasn't really interactive and learning as, I guess, the average kid would. It was sort of more sit back and take it all in. Yeah. So then by the time I was sort of put in a big social circle, I guess I was trying to apply what I had figured out for myself
1: yeah. versus where, I guess, the, the level there so was. So even at on. a very early age, you were kind of observant and sort of seeing what was what was going on. Well, I mean,
0: I guess, yeah, I mean, the one thing I can, I guess, realise, remember from being a kid was just realising that this life is, like, experience-based. Yeah. You know, probably I probably wasn't that articulate when yeah, I was a kid, yeah. but it was looking at things, doing things, seeing things, you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of... Um, Sitting inside a big IMAX VR three yeah. D, you know what I mean? I guess that was the, the real feeling that I've had for it, you know, existence ever since. There's almost sort of
1: it. yeah, there's a of observing the world more so than being like not not saying you weren't part of the world, but sort of observing the world and its interactions. but kind of some feeling of being disconnected from the world. At the same I think time. that's it. Yeah. yeah,
0: almost like looking at it through a, yeah. a glass window or something like that. And you know, the really early years, um, that I guess, it sort of once the glass was removed or whatever, yeah. I felt like I wouldn't say I was trying to catch up, but I did realise that I was kind of operating differently than a lot of the people around me. Yeah. If that makes and
1: sense. And was that sort of was that sort of I guess catching up or sort of becoming I guess more part of that world when well, you lo- got to primary school or is that Well, I
0: think it was just a lot of shit didn't make sense to me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I guess we're talking, you know, in terms of I guess social um, issues you know the yeah. way people relate the way teachers interact with kids or I mean I was a Christian school as well so there's yeah. a sort of element there that I didn't really understand either um so yeah I think a, a part of it was just that I guess you know because I mean you know during these the early years I was fairly happy and content you know what I mean like dad tells me stories of I was just sitting in the backyard and a whole bunch of butterflies were just all you know
1: landing on me and <laughs> yeah, sitting yeah, around yeah. me
0: so I did I think I sort of had this little um Zen I guess yeah. and then obviously that then you take take that put that kid in the middle of a school School class or school room, and that Zen was very harder to maintain. I guess if you know what I'm saying, it was um, you know, a lot of things that to me it just didn't make sense. Oh, you've got to do this, and we have to do that, and blah blah blah, and this is that, and rah rah. rah. I think a lot of it was just, well, hang on, that doesn't make sense. And then so a lot of the times I just wouldn't want to have anything to do with it. So it was that funny thing, I guess, where I was, you know, I was a quiet kid. I was not, you know wasn't going after anyone, wasn't really trying to cause any troubles or nothing. But I was always in the principal's office, always getting in trouble, always in
1: detention, this, that, whatever. So your observation of why you were at the principal's office, what, was that sort of just rules that like, didn't make sense or, like I guess, picking on you? or like, what, Yeah, what was well,
0: it? to me, I think it just felt like just so extreme. Oh, you're talking in class. We're going to give you the cane to
1: <laughs> type, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let's cut out the cane bit. I
1: don't, you yeah. know, it's, that's... Yeah, yeah. but no, but, but certainly... But, but certainly being disciplined. Like but that. yeah,
0: I mean, I was, yeah, sort of, I think it's, what am I trying to say here? I guess it's like, um, this is the way we do things, you need to just shut up and get on board, and that's yeah. the only way we're going to, that's the only thing we're really yeah. going to tolerate, and yeah. I was kind of like, well, look, you know, I'm pretty happy to shut up, but I don't want to get on board. Hmm. But that, you know what I mean, that yeah, was a okay. real, um, I guess the real issue for, um, the people in control there,
1: or, or, and and sort of what and, and why do we need like what like what's the rationale behind? Well,
0: I think as well it? is sort of like you know, I guess I would kind of push the rules a little bit, you know. So it's like oh, you can't wear sneakers to school, yeah, but I love sneakers, yeah, so I'd wear sneakers <laughs> as much as possible, you know. And I guess sort of whether I mean, and it's, it's, it's blue. We're talking years ago now, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I would sort of find ways to get around it because I was never really like in-your-face rebel kind of thing. It was sort of more just I would have a little snide joke at you and try and, you know, whatever. So there was, you know, it's one of those things where every now and again I'd manage to get away with something, then another kid would try it. And when he got caught, he'd be like, oh, but Simon does it, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. And so so I think that's the thing. Some things I would get away with because I was just quietly doing it. I wasn't trying to go, everyone look at me, I'm wearing my sneakers. It was just, i just get some nice black ones that blended in with everyone else. Yeah, exactly. And, do you know, do my stealth thing and didn't really step on toes, but... Every now and again, I guess someone would use that as an yeah. example as to why they could do it, and then yeah. I guess that would cause trouble What were your so- favourite subjects at school? Oh, art. It was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, art. yeah, so art from an earlier art, art, mean, be- art since whenever. Like, um, you know, I think I think that was something that I did pick up in those really early years of just sort of living in my own little bubble or whatever. Is that you know was obviously the observation was really coming in, and I was just using I guess the crayons and that yeah. too to process it, yeah. I guess. Um, so for me, yeah, I guess in terms of talking about a lot of these things that didn't make sense to me, just being creative and making art and observing
1: things, to me that's the most human thing you yeah. could possibly do. You know? So when it was art class at school or time for art, that that would be your, your time? You'd,
0: you'd Yeah, and I mean, that, that was it. But then even then there was sort of, I guess, yeah, no, art, art was good. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's just the only, the only time where I've really felt me, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like everything else, kind of felt like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna open up your brain and force this stuff in. Yeah. You know, with art, it kind of felt like it was a bit more of a interaction going on between yeah. the, the teacher and the student,
1: and you could express yourself, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and, and um, it a way for you to um uh, like visualize or or like conceptualize what, what's going on, like trying to sort of yeah bring 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 things to life, really. In, in yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, you know, like because this is the thing is, you know, life is. Colours, it's images, it's shapes, it's textures, you know, it's all these sorts of things, which obviously, you know, we're talking, we're breaking it down, mm-hmm. but it is, those are the elements of art, and sort of, so to really play with those elements in art, to me, it feels like I'm playing with the elements of life. Yeah. If that makes sense? Yeah, to, no, yeah,
1: no, it definitely does. So, and the, I think it's Picasso that said that every child's an artist, the challenge is to keep them an artist as an adult. Do you, did you sense that? Do you kind of, I guess that sort of that whole children being artists, do you feel like you were, you loved art more than other kids? Or do you, like, what, what's that sort of, what.
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't think I've really ever compared it. Yeah.
1: Know. It's just you You knew yourself. You it's
0: like, just, yeah, I guess it's just that thing of, you know, when, when you just, it just feels right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you don't even need to question it because in the act of doing it, it's just everything feels yeah. balanced, everything feels at peace, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. So yeah, I kind of just. Um, yeah, with me, I guess it's sort of like I just—I've always kind of followed what feels right, hmm. um, and I guess that's sort of the the as extravagant as it gets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's sort of um, you know I've got that—I guess that internal compass, and just sort of if it feels right, I'll do it. If it's not making sense, I'll leave it
1: alone. Yeah, um, if that's yeah. not in your comfort, or is that if that's not in your your. Is it about kind of getting joy from it or is it about... Like well, it's
0: not even about joy or comfort. I think it's just about whether it makes sense. Yeah, you know, okay. if, if me doing this, whether I have, a, you know, an actual articulated, oh, well, I'm doing this and it makes sense because of this and this and this, or whether it's just that feeling that you're getting inside when you're doing it. It's yeah. just, yeah, this just feels right. I don't even need to question it. Yeah, Because okay. I think when you start to question it, you can sort of pull it apart and then it doesn't work anymore, if yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> and were you, like, were you... Were there academic subjects that you were interested in? Were you into sport? No, I didn't like school at all. did not like school at all. When did you start thinking about what you wanted to do when you finished school?
0: Um, I don't think I ever really did. I think it's just been this ongoing experience-based existence for me. Does that make sense? um, I I mean, obviously being in school and that, there's sort of these pressures of, oh, well, now you have to go to university and you have to do this and that. But I think the main thing as well being that there's no real structure for a professional artist. You know what I mean? It is like I did the, I went to um, university, SA, did one year visual arts and then transferred to bachelor of visual communication, which I graduated. Um, So even with that, it was sort of, I knew I was going to be creative, but I didn't even really know where that was going to fully attach. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah um so i guess i sort of you know and for me as well it was it wasn't even so much about i'm going to go to university and then become an artist it was like i'm going to go to university and learn how to use clay properly i'm going to learn how to use oil paints properly i'm going to do some live art
1: skills Yeah, yeah
0: so i think that's the thing is for me it's sort of yeah especially with art and creativity it's not about the um accomplishment it's about the learning it's about the experience for me you know what i mean like it's sort of i would much rather paint a painting than stand there and talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and did you enjoy uni more like was it was uni more of a company oh zone?
0: uni was a bit it was a bit better but I don't know I mean it is, it is that thing as um I guess maybe just because school didn't really work for me I guess there was that sort of element of oh well I don't really care about your marks and you this and you that and whatever so I guess I just sort of you know I always approached every um every project every activity with a hundred percent attitude and then, yeah, whatever happened after that, I really didn't care because yeah. to me it was about learning that thing and doing that thing.
1: So, did you did you kind of have in your mind like to become a professional artist, or like you sort of said it, it was probably beginning the building blocks? But was that was that did you have an aspiration to to do that? Well, or I think
0: just... that actually, yeah, thinking about it, the aspiration was to become a graffiti artist, yeah. you know, a professional yeah. graffiti artist. I mean, we're talking in the sort of late nineties kind of style now, and. It was like, um, you know, graffiti was still graffiti. I remember doing my year 12 art project was, is aerosol art art? You know, we're still trying to prove that anything you do with a spray can, if it was on a train or a wall, is still justified as art. And everyone else was no, 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 that's that's crime, you know. Mm. So I think sort of, especially by the time I started hitting uni, I'm like, I'm going to be a professional graffiti artist. I'm going to get paid to do this. Um, And everyone was like, no, you're not. That's
1: who's of, everyone, like, sort of?
0: I guess, uh, you know, you, ooh, just everyone, like, you know, because I think except except for, like, maybe I had um, one guy who's sort of, I guess, been a bit of a mentor-type character to me. Just, in, you know, every now and again we would sort of catch up. I haven't seen him in a while, but in the growing up stages, yeah. you know. And sort of when I was 15, 16, he was running his own uh, graffiti magazine and, you know, doing these sorts of things, which was very um, never-been-done-before in Adelaide, Australia. Um, and so he was very, oh, look, man, you can do it, go for it blah 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 um and then from that i guess i'd seen it you know what i mean like i was looking in magazines and i'm seeing that these big car companies are paying graffiti artists to do commercials i'm seeing you know seeing it on video clips in movies all sorts of stuff so i could see that was
1: there when did you first start seeing becoming interested in graffiti i reckon really early on yeah um like probably 11 12 10 even heck did you it was a did you literally get exposed to graffiti just walking down the street or did you yeah, yeah?
0: just yeah, just seen on the street. Yeah. The first piece I probably saw was on the train line. I reckon I would have been catching a train.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably somewhere around the showgrounds or something like that area. Um and yeah, that that just blew my mind, you know what I mean? To sort of In what way? Like, what? Well I guess it's just like this this real in this intense art that's just been popped on the street, you know what I mean? It's just sort of um something that uh I'd only ever really sort of I don't know. It just didn't make sense, but it made sense at the same time. Mm. Like it didn't make sense as to why that thing was there, but it looked beautiful. It looked good. It looked interesting. Everything about, I was, was, you know, it was all about everything about it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I I guess just sat and clicked and I was just like, wow, what is this? Who is this? Why are they doing it? What's this word mean? Who, you know, I guess,
1: you know, you know what I'm saying? Like just this
0: big, all these questions started coming out. Just, just an obsession really, I guess. Hmm. Is the best way to put it.
1: Thinking, could I do that? that I think I could do that, or like... I think it was more like I'm going to do
0: that. <laughs> you know, I was, oh, okay, that's if, if people are out there doing that, I want, I want to have a shot myself.
1: Yeah, um, where would you when when would you say your first like, Bit of street art or I don't know, tag or whatever. Oh, I mean, of
0: course, you know, you do your stupid little tag, as a kid with your little texture, you yeah. know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, in sort of in terms of my first real. So when,
1: when would that? Like when would your first tag have been? Like when.
0: That would have been probably around the same area. I wouldn't even yeah. be surprised if it was the same day. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it was like I would have seen that and then, yeah, going, okay, now I'm going to go right my little... And, you know, don't get me wrong, it would have been
1: like 1.5 centimetres yeah. long
0: and just, you know, somewhere really yeah. hidden and obscure, but, but...
1: I find it interesting, like, uh, there's a, a really great um, documentary on Red Bull TV, you can, I, I think it's on the, on the internet, uh, about docu- uh, where... um. Where street art came from in New York, it really—it goes right back to the kind of base roots, and it started off as tagging, and then yeah. it started getting more and more sort of sophisticated. And some came, and some went, but it was just interesting of where it came from. What, well, like, as a, it, it, I guess, is that always that kind of question about um, graffiti art versus vandalism, and then the tagging as well. Like, as a as a young bloke, just sort of trying to think back, what what was the the joy out of it out of get a tag? Like, what what would you? Do? Well, I, I think it's it.
0: that combination of um, I guess that the feeling you get when you're creating, you know what I mean? Like when just it just sparks something in your brain. Yeah. Throw that in with a little mix of adrenaline of oh I probably shouldn't be doing this and I've gotta, you know, watch out for myself. It's that's pretty much one of the ultimate mm. feelings you could have in life. I think, you know, and so yeah. I think it was that sort of thing of where, you know, you're doing something that you really love and you know, being creative is just it's great brain stimulation as it is. So I think doing that, but then throwing it in the mix of being like a little bit of a I don't know, army mission, or you know what I mean, like yeah. you, you got to plan, oh you got to get out, you got to make sure there's no one around, blah blah blah. And I assume often it's done at night, or oh yeah yeah definitely definitely
1: yeah yeah. So how, like, what's that transition from going? I'm kind of fascinated. I do a little tag. You said very tiny. You should use your fingers to sort of illustrate a very tiny little tag. To going into art and having kind of some of the the. the the street art you see and some of your your work is quite sort of... Um, yeah, so, how do you, how do you Yeah, well, I guess right?
0: that's the thing. So when I started getting interested in, like, I guess, street art and that, I was already into, like, doing cartoons and doing yeah. art. And so I sort of, I guess, I really had... I and mean, that, that was probably, thinking about it, one of the big main connectors, you know what I mean, because it was a lot of these pieces had big graffiti cartoon pieces in them. And, you know, so I guess it was that thing of where... I just thought, oh, well, I'm already doing this. Now it can go over to that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's sort of been about just more about me. So you're me. doing paper,
1: paper, cards Yeah, paper, yeah. Like so it. just
0: drawing, you know, like Garfields and yeah. Charlie Browns. Yeah, and then okay. from that, developing my own characters and such. Um, but I think the the transition thing, it's always been kind of natural. Like I've never really been, oh, I'm going to go. I mean, I have been, oh, yeah, I want to do this or that. But I think it's, I just pick a starting point and then just work on it, you know what I mean? And I, I get really good at the tags, so then you try, like, the little bubble letters, and then from the bubble letters, you try this, and then, you know, you go from doing a tag with a spray can to, oh, I wonder if I could do a really clean straight line with that, and then yeah. you sort of build a piece from that. Because I think even where, when I got to, I guess, where I was at my pinnacle was, I guess, graffitis or street art, or probably graffiti, we'd better term for that. Um, you know, I was still pushing it, I was still evolving it, and I think that's what sort of went full circle as to what, the style of art that I'm doing now, mm. where it hasn't really sort of been intentional as such. It's just more been like a journey that yeah. I've, I've set on,
1: and that practicing and building up those skills. And, yeah, and
0: you and just get good at something, and then oh, well, I'm good at that one, and I push a little bit harder and see what else I can achieve, and then get better at that and get better at that, and um,
1: yeah, yeah, and, and you get you get more precise about what you're doing, and and up yeah. your own style. And, and oh
0: well, across. yeah, I guess that's the thing as well. Sort of in the era that I was sort of coming up in it was very much about how clean can you make your piece, you know, yeah. because obviously the, the aerosol technology and the nozzles and stuff back then wasn't like what it is now. So whoever had the cleanest lines and the, the best fades in that, you could tell they were technically proficient because, yeah. you know, they had to work against the elements mm-hmm. to create that. Yeah. So, you know, that was the real thing of, oh, well, how good can I be, you know, how, can I, how, can I, how precise can I be? With this aerosol yeah. can, um, and then I guess I got to this point where I was really precise. I could do super clean lines, super nice fades, rendering all that sort of stuff. And then from there, I started going. Well, I I, I kind of like the drips. I kind of like the splatters and the sprays. I like it when the nozzle's kind of choked up. Like these are the elements. For me, I think I liked it when I was painting it. You know, I just liked the way if the p- nozzle choked and the way the the paint would hit it, or if the paint would drip down and mm. just. So I think from that, I started... I mean, and the whole time I was doing this, obviously, I was pursuing art outside of street art, if Mm, you know what I mean. So, you know, I'm studying, I'm doing oil paintings, charcoal drawings, all sorts of stuff as well. So I think I did get to a point probably in my 20s where the two started to,
1: I guess, merge. Yeah. So you you were out selling kind of visual art at the same time as having sort of...
0: Oh, I wasn't experience. so... Yeah, selling a little bit of art, but it was more like doing graphic design and illustrations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been selling illustrations since I was 13 years old. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's always been, selling like, I for, guess... for what sort of, like... Yeah. Uh, for various, like, just... I mean, a lot of publications, obviously, that was yeah, pre-internet col- days. So yeah. it was... There was this really high demand of... Um, Um, You know, just with the people's work pamphlets or um, sheets for education things or whatever. I mean, big, big, big variety of them. But, um, yeah, sort of, I guess I had a really good way of being able to interpret cartoons and stuff. And so, so yeah, so I guess that's the thing. Is sort of while I was doing street art, it wasn't like I was working a nine-to-five job doing something different and then running out on the night time. It was very much... It was all encapsulating, you know. Even when I was doing graffiti stuff, I wasn't really. Oh, I am a graffiti artist. I was just an artist that was yeah. into doing that yeah. as
1: well. So, um, yeah. And it was interesting, like just the point you were making before about the as you kind of started working out your your street art um, I guess style, the imperfections or the frustrations of one person, like getting the the nozzle blocked up or having the having the the, the bleed. You are going, well, that's kind of cool. How can I how can I work with that? Is that right? So yeah, yeah,
0: because things. I think especially the thing is, is like those things are very specific to that medium. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't see a digital printout with drips and splatters on mm. it. You don't see, um, you know, it was very, I guess, textural. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it's, it's the, the, it was. So, you could only really do it with a spray can. So mm. for me it kind of was a bit of a salute to the medium. Yeah. And, and I think as well just sort of like, all right, well, I've got really good at being nice and clean. I kind of want to, you know, which is fun, but you know, it's more fun is just making a mess and you know yeah. what I mean, like yeah. sort of yeah. being a lot more relaxed in the um, the process.
1: Yeah. But that comfort in your 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 uh, your skills as an artist to play with that, isn't it really, in a way? You, 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 yeah, yeah. You oh, not- definitely. I think
0: I had to sort of feel like I was, I was obviously feeling that I was a place that I had sort of somewhat mastered it, for lack of a better word, that I could manipulate it. Yeah. Um, because it's, it is that thing where you can get a drip, but then there's a difference between a drip and a deliberate drip. You yeah. know, it's sort of. Um, there's a difference between a messy line and a deliberately, you yeah. know, the messy line. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's just been that ongoing, just, just playing with it, you know what I mean? It's yeah. sort of, I love playing with it. I love pushing it. I love experiencing it. For me, it's never been about, oh, yo, check me out. I'm better than everyone. Yeah. This is that, this is that. For me, it is, my art creation is a very personal Not like private thing, but just very. I do it for personal, yeah, because I, I love doing it. Yeah,
1: yeah. but it is about. It's a good good point. So often it's about, um, it's your style and you're doing it for yourself. But there's an there's an audience obviously out there because it's in the public domain. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that balance. And and you're talking about your your um, I guess your professional art, like doing, um, cartoons and the likes, being commissioned. And then you've got your your street art and you said that it started to collide in your 20s, sort of come all come together in your 20s. How, how did that, like, I guess you, you becoming, kind of, I guess, more, I'm assuming, kind of more known as a street artist as well as a professional artist. Is that, is that Yeah, yeah. You're...
0: So I guess I was just starting to get my name out there and I think as well, I sort of started, um, I guess, started getting a few professional opportunities with the aerosol stuff. Yeah. Um, so... I, like, um, have a clothing company called Materialism, yeah. which is, like, a streetwear-based yeah. brand. But originally we started off with a office in the basement of the clinic on Curry Street. Yeah. And these guys, like, um, started off as a skate shop, hip-hop shop. And so I had my little uh, clothing office down there, so we were associating with them. But they used to do a lot of um, workshops in schools and various areas and stuff, so... I started getting a lot of uh, opportunities to go out and paint or teach where those guys were sort of working, I guess, as an agency for me. Mm. Um, and then DJ Shep, one of the guys that runs the business, he and I were really into, I guess, the, the club scene. We were kind of club kids on the, yeah. on the nightclub scene and stuff. Yeah. And obviously him being a DJ, he was uh, out playing and stuff. I was always hanging out with him. So we started doing these little things where he would play music. I would do some live art. And then we developed it. So you're in a club
1: it. and you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Thing. So
0: we stood up at a sugar nightclub in Bundle yeah. Street. Yeah. And then every I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night, we'd go there, he'd do his set, I'd do like some live art, and then we'd sell it off. But then through that, obviously okay. being in a you know, plugged in the middle of probably one of Adelaide's hottest nightclubs is that really I guess opened up the doors in um, who I was dealing with and I guess being a place like that's owned by Drillajet, Armstrong yeah. is you know a great artist himself. So it was a very creative um, supportive hub as well. So I was dealing with all sorts of artists and DJs and musicians and creatives from all around Adelaide, which I guess just sort of once you're in that sort of circle, you know, you do find new opportunities and new yeah, avenues. Okay. So, and, and, again,
1: that was somewhat by chance. and. Well, yeah, I think it's just that thing. Artwork, like I said, it's, it's
0: funny that all the opportunities that have come out, and, you know, it has been some really weird ones, you know, that I never would have expected, but they all, they've never been contrived. It's always just I just follow my journey. I just keep making my art. And then from that, the, you know, things seem to synchronise from
1: yeah, there. That's right. It almost sounds a bit naff, but it's almost like following your following your passion really, isn't it? It's like you find that from an early age you knew you liked art and you just, you've evolved your style and played with that and the opportunities have kind of, I guess, it hasn't, I'm assuming it sort of hasn't always been easy, but sort of the, the opportunities kind of, or the path kind of falls in front of you to a certain extent. And I think,
0: yeah, and I think sometimes as well, it, it sort of allows you to make your own opportunities. Yeah. You know, if you're not in, under so much restriction and, con- you know, confinement, then you can just, oh, well, you know, there's that thing over there and that thing over there, if I brought them together, that could be a really good opportunity. I mean, they don't always mm. work out, but, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, a lot of my opportunities, I sort of have, I wouldn't say I made them, but I've
1: kind of prepared the the surface for yeah, those yeah. to uh, pop yeah, up, if right. you know what I'm saying, yeah. But I'm assuming it's sort of, it's about being known and respected. I, um, ten years ago, almost almost ten years ago, we had our our fifth birthday and you did some art there. Um, got in our reception, humongous sort of big five or six different panels of pigeons was your style at the at the time. And I remember then we wanted to we had to, did a big function in I think Fowler's. Bar in in Adelaide and or the Lion Art Center and um, I said oh we wanted to get a, an a, an artist a graffiti artist a street artist to do some some work and I remember going on Twitter or something like that and someone said oh yeah give 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 Simon a... so it, it, it is that kind of network of being being respected yeah well I there. Think, yeah and
0: I think it's word of mouth is sort of has been I guess the the strongest marketing tool for mm. myself I mean obviously the fact when you're an artist especially doing street art every piece of work you do is a advertisement in itself I guess yeah. for you know, for the work of yeah. me as an artist. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, it, it is that thing of sort of being plugged in, but I think at the same time as I don't think I would have been um, acknowledged or my name being put forward if I wasn't who I was. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of my stuff has come out as well, like people like like working, with, you know, they like they like myself yeah. as much as they like the artwork. Yeah. Um, sort of, yeah, so it's not just a, oh, we like that stuff, so we'll just buy it. Yeah, kind of thing. There is a lot more, I guess, human interaction going on in this yeah, thing than just a business right. transaction.
1: So. That's right. So when you have that and, and you've evolved and, and, as you said, you're sort of constantly morphing your style. So if we went back, say, 10 years ago and it was like, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but sort of like the pigeon sort of thing was like a bit of a style. Yeah, thing. well, I mean, I had
0: a different name back then. I was running yeah. store, you yeah. know. Um, so, but, you know, once again, that was part of the evolution. You know, the pigeon thing... That was more like a step of, like I was saying, I was really getting into the, the mess and the drips and this and that. And I would sort of was looking for something where I could just like, because, you know, I'd spent so much of my creative career being um, literal. I'm doing a painting of this and that. It was, it's never really been that surreal or abstract or whatever up until this point. Um, and then so I was looking for ways to kind of, I guess, push my style and my evolution and I wanted something that I could just fill a wall up with where it ends up like a pattern. So that's why I chose the pigeons because, mm. you know, you can just do this big flock of it mm. and you look at it from a distance and it just does look like a bit of a interesting abstract. As mm. you get close, you can start to see the little faces and then as you get closer, you can start to see the interactions between the little pigeons mm. there was a little bit of a statement, I guess, from that. And then, yeah, so I guess that with that style, I kind of kept pushing that and pushing that till the whole
1: pigeons just... Disappeared and now it's just all flew away. It's all yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's just
0: all abstract now, and um, you know, just just texture and color. So you did
1: our our work in, I think it was over a few hours in a in a rather busy um. party kind of environment and that was kind of amazing to seeing that how you were able to zone out and just focus on every now and then you'd step back and be um and then 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 keep on on painting that was just amazing you could pull that all together in that 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 time period but then you'd go walking around the streets of Adelaide and every now and then you'd see some some pigeons there and like uh so yeah so so that was sort of that's the style that you sort of had, had and then um when does it sort of start getting to that point where you like you just did some work on the front of our building? Uh, we commissioned some work on the uh, for you to do re- more recently, and and then your style is has has evolved. Like and obviously, it's ten years. So, like, how's your style evolved to now? It's
0: yeah, well, I mean, well, it...
1: and what's your head? I guess headspace as an artist now compared to what it was. Say. 10 15 years ago
0: yeah well i think you know the, the evolution part was so part of the, the pigeon stuff was always preparing like a really rough background if you know what i mean because i wanted to mm-hmm. just have like a dirty street sort of a, a feel to it so that's where i really started getting the big rollers out just you know get us get a screwdriver just bust a spray can open and yeah. shh, and that sort of stuff and then i guess from that you know i'd sort of prepare all the because you know a lot of the times sort with of the pigeons i might like sort of set up 100 cam canv- well not 100 but like maybe 30 canvases paint 30 pigeons all at once, yeah. you know, and sort of... I think one day I was sort of doing the, the background work and I was sort of just enjoying it, number one, but number two, I'd sort of stand back and go, well, this is kind of a work within itself. Uh, okay. But I do think as well, because I had been such a I guess, you know, painter of pictures, I didn't want to just drop it straight out there. You know, it did take a while for me, I guess, for me to take this to the public. Um, so I guess, yeah, sort of it's been a, a kind of slight evolution retired piece. And then I think I did just go to a spot where I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, you know, I think that's sort of, you know, just, just, I can't even remember why, but I'd hit a point where it's like, hey, it's, it's time, you know,
1: and then I got it's a time uh, to do what it's time to move to. like different, to, Yeah. Yeah. Different become, and, but it's
0: basically, it's, it's time for me to become an abstract artist. Yeah, I okay. think for lack of a better yeah. phrase, um, and then yeah, so I, I'd had a couple of commissions. Well, basically, just decided I was going to um, try and sell these commissions, you know. So um, I got a couple couple of jobs come up. Uh, one on uh, Gilbert Street, uh, uh, three hundred four Gilbert Street, and then another one at uh, number two Vinrace Court, which is just around the corner from it. So they're, um yeah, they were both people who just uh, they'd renovated a house and wanted to put a uh, street art on the front of it, you know. So that was where I thought th- those two pieces were my first two, I guess, fully commissioned, fully um, abstract pieces. Yeah. And I'll admit I was pretty concerned, you know, about what the response would be. Um, but the response was great, you know, and then from there it's really starting to pick up and everyone sort of wants one now, yeah. which
1: is great. Did they come to you saying, like, we, we, where do you think that came from? Did, was that the I guess the homeowners, for want of a better term, I don't know, going to their designer or going – how do you think they kind of – do you think they knew what they wanted or do you uh,
0: think they – Yeah, I think for, for a bit. So I think, you know, obviously the, other th- the good thing, because I've been doing this so long, is I can, I guess, sit down with the client and, you know, work out what's going to be the best mm. result for everybody, you know, because I think that's, that's the ultimate. If I walk away as an artist and I'm totally happy with what I've done – and if the client is totally happy with commissioning the piece and they, they want to, you know, look at it every day, every day, they're happy. If everyone's happy, that's that's the win, right? Um, so I think, you know, a lot of these things are sort of more... These days I'll kind of sit down with the client, just sort of find out what they're about, what they're, you know, what they're seeking, and then I'll sort of go, all right, well, this is what I do and this is how I think I can kind of answer that. So a lot of the times it might, you know... We'll say with the, uh, the first one down on Gilbert Street, it's just like, you know, it was a very big, impressive, big, big wall. old shop front where they'd sort of, you know, made it into a house or whatever. And so I'd had this idea of like creating a big, um, kind of a cross between like a dirty graffiti piece, an art deco piece, and a Mondrian, one of his square pieces, yeah. you know. And sort of just took elements from all that, mashed it all up. And then I think they had a couple of, oh, could we just add one colour into it because they had a specific colour that was, you know, had a, mm. a meaning to them or whatever. So we added that into there. Um, but other than that, they were just happy to let me go yeah. with the thing. And then Vinrace place, the guys were like, oh, we, we really love Japan. They spent a lot of time over there. Um, so I sort of just took a couple of reference ideas in terms of, like, colours. Or another one is, like, say, you know, the big Japanese ink uh, brushwork. hmm So I kind of just took that and put my own spin on it. So I just got really big spray cans and kind of did these big stroke lines, which it doesn't look like Japanese art, Mm. but you know what I mean? You can find ways to sort of, to bring those uh, elements into there and sort of Yeah. So, but essentially what I will do sort of like what I did with you and then, you know, so we'll come up with a general concept, but we all know it's probably going to (laughs) change, you know, it will evolve as it, as it goes. Because I think especially when you work in large scale, You know, you can't just take a postage stamp and go, oh, yeah, well, that's going to look exactly like that.
2: Mm. Because
0: it it will change, you know, like little little things that are too small to show up on on an example, you know, that could be the size of your head on a a wall. Mm. So as you start to unveil, you know, put these things down, it does tend to take a life of its own on. Yeah. Which I think you need to allow for that to happen because I think if it's too contrived...
1: You kind of closing the door. Yeah, that's right.
0: Before you know, you can really get the the result.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, how at hey, It's that. Um, it's finding that balance. Is it? Is it finding the right? I guess f- the right um, when you have been commissioned to do some work, and obviously your canvas is is a building. Is it finding the right clients that know that that's the way in which you work? I just I guess as we we love our work, and it's sort of been a really good um, I guess in, investment in the. Like the, the reaction we've got from pe- from people around has been really fascinating. I think even when you were doing it for a, the, the day or two, um, the community walking past and being quite fascinated of what what was being done. But um, and certainly the area we've got got painted um, was, I guess, defined, and we've got a nice big or massive square um, that you painted within. Um, but certainly, that it, it, it it's it's certainly I guess what we love about it is it evolved. It's it seem, seemingly evolved as you went through that day of I don't know, how the kind of the rhythm of the the, I guess the music you were listening to and the and and your, your style. Is, is that is that fair? That you kind of as you as you're painting something, the you see what kind of evolves from from the art as you're going through. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that is also actually probably a key point to why I'm doing this um, abstract sort of stuff is. I guess I'm trying to find ways to, yeah, just tie everything together. Do you know what I mean? It just mm. seems like everyone lives such a uh, fragmented life these days. Yeah, where, you know, where life is just life. It's all, mm. you know, <laughs> it's all connected. It's all like, um, you know, like that. So, um, you know, I guess sort of terms, in terms of visually, I think what I'm trying to do is trying to, I guess, like, you know, you look at a blank wall and it's just a blank wall. But when you're actually watching that wall, there's a lot of energy happening in and around and in front of mm. and behind and, you know, so I guess that's the thing is what I'm trying to sort of bring into it. And I think this is why I'm not trying to paint literal pictures anymore. Yeah, that's right. It's because I am trying, I guess, capture energy, I guess, for, mm. you know, so it's like, because, yeah, like you said, it's sort of certain people come past, the the whole vibe will change, you know what I mean? Like if someone comes along and they're really happy about it and then I'm really happy about yeah. it then that will produce a certain result. I mean, even if it's just quiet on the street for a while, no one comes past, that will kind of, you know, mm. have its own influence and stuff. And so, yeah, I guess it's sort of like, I don't know, what's the, the thing I was saying? It's like, it's like an energy snapshot mm. sort of where it's not like an actual photo, but you can see, I mean, especially in the, the fact of where you look at the big lines and you could tell, well, I had to move my whole arm and body mm. in that direction, in that direction. Um, so I think, yeah, so I think in terms of like clientele and this and that, like I don't paint for everybody anymore you know Mm. back in the day it was a mixture of I just want to get it out there and also I've got bills to pay you know (laughs) (laughs) so it has been oh look anyone that's interested let's have a meeting these days I'm a lot more well let's just have a little chat on the phone let's have a meeting see if we you know or I guess have the same culture Mm. as to why we want to be doing this and then I will take it on from that because I think sometimes it can be you, you know some everyone has different viewpoint of an artist, do you know what I mean? And some people want to pay you by the hour, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it it doesn't work like that because sometimes, especially when you're doing these sort of free flowing abstract pieces, you could be done within an hour. Mm. Sometimes it might take you 20 hours to Mm, reach that. But I think that's the thing is you sort of, the, the client needs to understand that as well because... You know, and I think this is also part of the, the good reason as to not providing such an exact, oh, well, I'm going to paint this and That's then it's right. going to look this. Because, I mean, as you guys, I wanted you guys to rock up and see the piece and kind of have your mind blown the same way I was saying the first time I ever saw a graffiti piece in my That's life. Right, you know, exactly. But if you'd rocked up and you had your thumbnail on the phone and you rocked up and you're ready to, mm. comp- you know, it's just, it's not the same. It's not going to have that That's same right. feeling. I mean, and you, I can understand why people have that mentality, especially if they're flipping the bill. mm but I think it's that it, we're talking art here, you know we're not yeah. designing specifics for that's a car right. or anything like that, yeah. so um
1: yeah, that's right but but again that is that, that it, it's that like it's there's I guess a bit of a business kind of term called creative confidence, but but for you almost it is that kind of that that confidence of letting your your creativity flow when you're producing something is that is that right almost yeah yeah with your own rhythm and and knowing when its sound we, we spoke at the end of the the friday you were you were painting it and i think you, you sort of said i think you, i know you, you were sitting across the other, the other side of the road with you with nick who was helping you out and and just sort of just observing going is it done yet or not and you were kind of and it's sort of like from our side from from a, a non a, a non-artist i'm looking oh, i don't know it look, looks great and <laughs> i think we had a conversation go, well if you think it's done it's done and and then and you came back the next day and just had a little had a bit of an observation and, and tweaked a couple little things and and it was done so it's but it was quite different to what your initial design was and that and that 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 would I guess that's what made it less less contrived and wonderful that it that it's that it's there um, is it about kind of I guess I guess it is It's sort of it's 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 your it's a respect your clients have for you as an artist to be able to let you be be free to do something and trust that at the end of it it'll be good yeah is that right yeah yeah
0: well I mean because I think you know art art is it's yeah it's it's a business But it's something totally different at the Mm. same time, you know. And I think that you really do need to have, I guess, that connection, you know, between the person that's getting the art and the person that's producing the art, you know. Because I think if there's no real understanding there, it's kind of pointless. Do you know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, it is like bringing it right back to what I was saying about how I live my life as experience-based is sort of, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm going to a job. I want to feel that I'm... Having a life experience, yeah. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think that that is the thing. Is I think that you really need to. Um, well, I guess even like you know, I, I have this this sort of theory about the energy that's contained within the work too. You know, I think that sort of whatever the person is is at, you know, whoever they are, there's a, there's a little piece of that mm. captured in the wall too. So I think that you do want to have that be on the same page because if you're not I don't think it's ever really got you know what I mean you could mm. still love it but maybe a few years down the track you're going to start to question it mm. whereas say with you guys in the wall outside well it's so encapsulated in this experience that it just makes sense it will
1: continue That's to right. make
0: sense yeah
1: as long as it's there yeah and it was when we had some um, staff members looking at it one day and they said oh they, they, they loved it and they said but what does it mean I said i don't know what what, what do you think it means to you is that it? No, well, that's that's
0: it? the other point as well yeah it's sort of you know i mean shit we live in a world where it's just 24 7 adverts social media listen to me do this buy this blah 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 you know constantly why can't we just have, have like a little thing that you look at it and you tell yourself what to think, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So that, that is like a huge part of it for me as well is sort of – because even the street art these days, you know, a lot of it is, oh, look, here's a rock star, here's a thingy, here's mm. a grapes on a winery. Here's, you know what I'm <laughs> saying?
1: It's very <laughs>
0: um, whatever like that. Very so,
1: stylized. And-
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, which is cool, you know, don't get me wrong, everyone has the right to produce whatever they want to produce. But I think as well that you know, for me, graffiti was always it was street art was always like the opposite of advertising. You know, it took up the same space, but it was doing the opposite. Mm. But now you're seeing graffiti as advertising. You know, and I've, I've done commercial jobs. You know, I'm not I'm not saying never mm. do it. I'm not hating on it or whatever. But you know, why not be using these opportunities to really push and make something different? Because otherwise, if we you know if it keeps going that way, then graffiti has mm. just got to become. Graffiti is going to become the new advertising. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, sort of, why can't graffiti become the new art gallery?
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I use the term graffiti. I should be using the word street art because mm. most people assume graffiti is to be the only illegal side. But the actual definition of graffiti is to scrub something on a wall. Mm. So any any street art.
1: Yeah. And you, do, do, you do art on canvases as, as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You, I you mean, you you've got t-shirts. I do. Fashion. Yeah,
0: I do clothing. Like, you know, hand paint clothing. I will do jackets. I do canvases. Um, do digital prints I'll, I'll work pretty much in any form of sculpture um, yeah I am I try not to be I'll, I just basically if I want to try it, I'll try it you mm. know if I get a good enough idea and so I think the thing that I'm really trying to figure out next is how do I take this I guess abstract style that I'm doing and how can I make that three dimensional mm. that's what's really run <laughs> through my mind at the yeah, moment yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting I guess to see where I take that
2: Yeah.
0: but for now you know I'm, I'm just loving the the artwork side of it. And yeah, I think to bring it right back to what you're saying with the, the meaning of things is yeah, slap your own meaning on it. You know, yeah. like I think if anything, I think that to sort of look at these, you know, abstract walls, it's all these lines and, you know, you, eye I can't not stop, but to keep moving around. And I don't know there just to me, there just seems to be something about being there and doing that in the moment. It just seems to feel liberating mm-hmm. or freeing or, you know what I'm saying? Like sort of, Whatever, it spurs you to... Th- I mean, and sometimes mm. as well, I think you find yourself, you're looking at these pieces and sometimes you're not even thinking
1: anything. No, that's just, right. You're exactly. just thinking and you're not even conscious of the thoughts. Exactly. It's, just, it's um, yeah, just kicking that energy. That's in. right. I look at like, the, the work you did for us out in the front, the, the, okay, oh, that kind of looks like a face, but maybe not. But I... I I kind of, I guess, even in what we do, I'll use a line that not everything has an answer. Well, I <laughs> not think everything this has is the reason we exactly. kind of we seem to always have, what, what's the answer to that? What's the reason behind that? And, and maybe the beauty of some things is that there is no answer, or well, maybe there is, or maybe it's your interpretation of what the answer is, and that's that's just fine.
0: I think the no answer is spot on because you know, bringing it right back to what I was saying about being a kid is you know saying I didn't know what's a human, what's a plant. I still don't know. do you know mm. <laughs> Does anybody no, know? Honestly. And I think there's there is that thing that as long as you kind of keep that unknown alive, there's plenty of room for unknown in your life mm. and you almost want to encourage that. But I think that you know it is so easy in this system to kind of get so trapped into the world is this and this is how things work or what you yeah. know that that you know people are telling oh well you, I don't you know what I'm saying like people mm. are so adamant as to the way things should be but they don't even know why things are. Mm. <laughs> you know That's what I'm right. saying? You <laughs> mind, so I think, you know, So there is an element of that in my art as well, I guess, where I'm just trying to maybe remind people, like, let's just not be so focused on what mm. we think is concrete and just have yeah. that little kind That's of right. zhuzh. You know?
1: <laughs> and there seems to be more of a, I guess, a lot of discussion or even rhetoric around needing to be more creative and innovative and risk-taking, but often as a society we're kind of probably doing the opposite we're kind of we're wanting things to be controlled we're wanting things to be contrived a little bit so it's almost i guess it's it's that i guess innovation and creativity is a lot about letting go and seeing how it having a having a, a spray can like a not necessarily a literal spray can but having a spray can that's clogged you can you can use that to to create something better rather than having it to, it to be too too easy or too sort of ma- mapped out yeah for fair? sure yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if if you look at like uh, like i'm i guess one of the sort of areas i like about uh, street art and i guess a, a city or a, an areas um, or city or town um, their attitudes towards things like street art or it could be could be um, it could be the the rule the way in which they kind of present their rules and etc but sort of street art is probably a, a, one good example Let's say melbourne seems to have a lot of uh, street art sort of randomly sometimes sort of too much, but sort of like it's a lot of tagging, and then there we have spots where they've kind of got sort of art that, like, runs runs free um, I'm not really completely sure about how what Sydney's policy might be on it but Adla- like a city like Adelaide, there seems to be a mixture of commission- commissioned artwork seem to be more of a more of a thing, so and sometimes that might be a there's a cartoon character or it seems very very designed and then around the corner you'll see someone's tagged or stuck a, stuck a poster on the wall or whatever. What, 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 do you have sort of any, I guess, perspectives on a, how a city balances that commissioned artwork versus, I guess, the organic, I guess, graffiti or street art? There's probably those young guys that are probably fascinated with, with street art like you were as a young lad. Yeah. How do you kind of balance those two, the, the vandalism versus street art?
0: Yeah, place. well, I mean, it's it's, it's, its I mean, you know, because I guess bringing this is probably a good point to bring up that I've run a uh, aerosol art class for 15 years now, yeah. you know. So this started off as a um, independent or sort of like what, at a place called 1225, uh, the Salisbury Youth Enterprise Centre. Yeah. So um, originally I went out there, I was approached by someone called Kate Kitching, mm. who's really great, she's still up there. Um, and the idea was to create an engagement program because we're talking Salisbury 16 years ago, you know, kids were still pretty rough up there and that. So we basically just started a thing where there was a lot of kids doing graffiti in the area and stuff anyway. So we started a little program. Look, if you, I'll be there as an art teacher. If you want to rock in and we can just do some, you know, we'll have some canvases, we'll have some spray cans, we'll kind of, you know, let's just get you guys off the street and getting in trouble. Let's get you in the, in the youth centre using the facilities here because there's a lot of great other sort of services that that place offers. Um, so we started doing that, you know, and then there was a really, um, I guess, demand for it in that area. The kids were loving it. So we're working on that. Eventually department of education kind of heard of what we we're doing. And then we had some people come down and get on board so we could add some SACE accreditation, made it like a flow, you know, we're having a lot of the, the flow students in there. Um, and then We kept doing that, and then it's just been picked up in the last two years by um, the Northern Ireland Senior College um, up in Elizabeth, and now we're actually introducing a whole entrepreneur side to this. So basically now we're getting kids that love doing the arts and stuff.
1: So they've been doing it on the street. Yeah, so originally we used to
0: just do it, you know, make some pieces, maybe have a little art exhibition, which we still do that, but now the course we're starting to actually bring in clients, get them, like, commissions... Do art exhibitions, but we're actually starting to look in uh, next year we'll be actually introducing a whole entrepreneurship side of things of how to do your book work and your, yeah, okay. this, that, whatever. Um, because I do think that sort of naturally there's not really a, you know, it's hard to kind of make that transition from doing your graph thing to being the commission artist. Mm. You know, and I think that sort of, I think, you know, like in any industry, I think that normally you'll get a few people that figure it out and they'll really run with it.
1: If they're good at it or...
0: Well, I think it's, once you're, subjective, but I think, you know, you do get people that are, they're really good at political side, of, oh, they know how to handshake, they know who they need to speak to, they know how to promise this, they know how to undercut them. You know, there's a, there's, there's a bit of stuff going on there where I guess, um, and hey, good on them, whatever, you know. But there is that thing where you just end up seeing the same people just. Da, 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 and there's like a line up of kids waiting. You know, they have the skills and the talents, but they just don't know how to make those connections. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that is part of what I'm really, I guess, interested in doing as well, is yeah. trying to tra- train these guys up to sort of how do you make your own opportunities too? Because, you know, I mean, there's great opportunities to get a commission from the Adelaide City Council, from Arts SA, mm. from CARCLU, you know, all these great places. But at the same time, there's. Plenty of opportunities for you to create your own opportunities. You know, most of my career has been self-motivated. Just yeah. me. Oh well, hang on, I could do that, or maybe if I spoke to this person, or you know, yeah. sort of. Um, is is there a
1: a spot? It's probably and if you don't want to sort of answer it's, it's fine. But is there a spot for non-commissioned stealth?
0: Oh, so yeah, I still I still you know I don't do it anymore, but I still love graph. Yeah. You know, like. I love looking at it. I love just the tag. You know, because it is this, it's a texture to the city. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think a lot of it does come about, I mean, you know, it's just colours. You're looking at the fonts that the guys come up with. I mean, for me as well, it's probably maybe a bit more of an interesting thing. So when I see a tag, I don't just sort of see a word written on it. I'm looking at their font. How did that guy do his E? Oh, look where he added that thing. And oh, look where the arrow is. Oh, you know, so... Mm -hmm. I guess I'm kind of breaking it down um, in in, in a different sort of way. But I I do think, you know, I think that people are way too hung up on graffiti when there are much, much bigger things that they
1: should be trying to
0: figure out in society, I think, you know.
1: Yeah, there's a couple um, side streets that I I go near and um, sort of picking kids up from uh, after-school activities and the likes, but... uh, and you'll you'll go down a lane, and there's a beautiful big mural that's obviously been um, commissioned. And there's bits of kind of like just around the corner. There's like little tags and sort of stickers. And I guess there's a to me there's a beauty in the the non commissioned kind of tagging and bits of art or whatever it might be. In that there's a rebellion, a, there's a rebellion. So it sort of it shows that there's I know, taking a risk, and which I think is part of being an artist or being a being an entrepreneur, being a lot of things really. Yeah. So. It, yeah and, and but it's it I guess sort of that sense that sometimes as a community we want we want more of the pretty looking things that have been which which and there's certainly sort of a role there but kind of really almost fear that kind of that that potentially looking like it hasn't been approved so you'll sort of see it like, there's certain areas like that like the street I mentioned will be next day'll be blacked over it'll be kind of Oh, uh, yeah over. yeah is that like well what what what, what well, if well, you if you were if you were the the lord mayor or the, the mayor of a different a council area yeah. how would you potentially approach that either the the young guys that maybe not getting the commission work but how do you kind of allow that to, to have that, that or, or do well, you, I can, think, can you not can you not give permission to it because that's sort of part of the well the I mean I
0: think it. once you give permission to it it changes it you know I think you know so yeah I mean I don't know how do I how do I look at this um well, I think you know. In terms of, if you're asking like, how would
1: you reduce graffiti? No, how would you sort yeah. of? Do you give permission? Do you say it's okay? Like, say, well, I'd I say think it's,
0: I think it's that thing of where you know. I think you can pick and choose. You know, I think that you don't have to be so all. Everything has to be wiped off. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, obviously, if there's something offensive, I think if there's something that's like you know deliberately ugly or you know deliberately malicious yeah get that off but i think like you're saying if there's a little sticker around the corner and mm. this and that and i think a lot of the times generally those things don't get painted over because a lot of times people don't even see okay. them you know it might only be someone like yourself who is you, you are looking for creativity yeah. and stuff in the world so you're going to notice something like that the average person would probably not even their eye yeah, level yeah. might not even go to yeah, that okay. place
1: So it's not relevant to them, so they won't even notice it. Yeah,
0: but I think it's sort of in terms of, like, say, Adelaide City, you know, and graffitis and stuff like that. It's like, it's a little bit of that broken window theory. I don't know if you've heard of that before, where Mm -hmm. basically if there's a broken window, then a kid would do a graffiti. And then if a kid does a graffiti, then maybe a drug dealer will set up down the street, so on, so on, so on, right? And I'm sure there's, there's merit to it, you know. But it's like, you look at Adelaide City at the moment and how empty it is. How many abandoned buildings do we have? You know, how many... And the place looks like a ghost town. So if the place looks like a ghost town, don't be surprised if it gets treated like a ghost town. Mm. If you know what I'm saying. And it's so funny that everyone's so up in arms about like, whoa, this graffiti is is ugly. Yo, man, that building is ugly. Paint it at least. Do you Mm. know what I mean? Do something. Clean it. Make the council. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? But you get what I'm saying, right?
1: If their building's in decay, then... If
0: things are in decay, people are going to... Add to that decay. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying. It's, and in, in some
1: ways, I guess the trying to like, add add beauty. on sort of like, but added like add art to that kind of or, or whatever it might be to that decay, or, or yeah, or, or maybe not even do that.
0: Maybe. And I think you know maybe maybe that is why some of these these people put these uh, graffiti's on it because it's like you're looking at decay. Well, why not add a little bit of pop and yeah. color and a bit of you know a bit of humanity to it or something? You know what I'm saying?
1: It's yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that, no, that's interesting. I I saw a documentary about Deloitte not not Deloitte, Detroit in the US, not Deloitte, Detroit, where they've got a lot of abandoned old warehouses and manufacturing plants. And they've just become like these almost art galleries. where people Yeah. <laughs> where, where it's quite amazing where they've just almost been just taken over there and even on the outside but also the inside. And yeah,
0: well, I'll tell you what, I did um, the This Is Not Art Festival. We're probably talking about 10 years ago now or something like that. It was one of the very first ones, so I don't know if you've heard of that. No. So it happens up in Newcastle. And the first one, or the one I went up to, I went up with, um, basically, they they picked like the best uh, street artists from every state of the time, and we all went up there and lived in a little house together and painted a massive mural up there. But it happened just sort of just after they had the big earthquake, I don't know if it was an earthquake or Mm -hmm. hurricane or something, I think it was an earthquake, right? Um, And then also BHP or some major company that had been there for so many years had just shut down, so all this employment had gone, people had moved out. I think that happened just before the earthquake and then after the earthquake, like we're talking literal, mm-hmm. literal ghost town, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. the, the, um, the city hall was condemned, you know what I mean? Like it was, to, that's how bad the structural damage had sort of happened. And then obviously without the, the these big companies backing, mm. which had always been there to rebuild that kind of stuff, right? So what they're doing with this, this is not our festival, the Tina festival was, they basically let the artists take over the entire town. Mm. So any like, because um, obviously there's a lot of businesses closed down and this and that. So any like, say business that wasn't closed down, if the building wasn't condemned, there'd be a little art gallery in there or a cafe oh, okay. or a you know a t-shirt shop or whatever. And then so for two weeks, this whole entire place came alive. And then they had like you know, you know that was sort of innovating bike sharing systems and stuff like that back then. But it was all just just young artists just trying to make stuff happen, if you know what I mean. But, yeah, but the city really let the whole place come over. And, you know, obviously there was that just that little breeze in, breeze out. But from that, you know, after the festival, then, you know, then other people say, oh, we've seen that cafe. Why don't we open up a cafe? You know what I mean? They kind of set the the tone. So by having these artists sort of come through and set the tone is they kind of came through with this, we came through with this big, like, creative whirlwind and then after we left it was sort of room for everyone to go oh well now that we've seen the potential let mm. us start to implement some of these things ourselves so um
1: yeah that was that was a really interesting yeah, one. yeah okay um you mentioned at the start that you were um a young kid who kind of observed the world um is, is that still who you are like are you still to some extent that young kid who observes the world oh
0: absolutely something? absolutely i mean you know I'm a 42 year old man, but I'm still that kid inside, yeah. you know, but I think that is, I think that's, that's, that's sort of a key to being a human. You know, I, I, I see so many people kind of abandon who they are. I mean, I think especially being a youth worker, you know, I'm around a lot of young adults and kids and stuff like that. And the thing is, man, kids know who they are. They know what they want out of life. They know, well, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, um, I do. Yeah. it's like kids are happy, man. Kids aren't racist. Kids aren't. Sexist kids aren't, you know, all these sorts of things, and then you see over the years, bit by bit, it all kind of gets. I don't know if it gets taken out of it or whether new stuff gets as put they in.
1: become adults, is that
0: yeah, 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 sort of. And I think it's sort of, um, I don't know, do you know, do you, go, do you sort do get, of get what where where I'm trying to get at yeah. here? Um, and I think that sort of if, if you can keep the child alive in you, that's that's the key because you know like we both said before is we don't we haven't got any answers but everyone's sitting up on their chairs like they know it all mm. why <laughs> do you know what i'm saying it's like why not just like i said it's like from a very early age i realized this whole thing was experience based mm. that's as, i guess as far as that's that's the biggest secret yeah. of the, the universe i've ever so loved the child I mean, al-
1: to keep the child alive in an adult you just realize that the Life is experience based, yeah. Is that right? Well,
0: yeah. I don't I, I was reading that um book from uh uh what is it, Sadhguru, you know, that yeah. um the guy that's all about the joy and the yeah. zen and that sort of yeah. stuff. And he was saying that every time you make a conclusion, you experience a little bit of death, okay, yeah. which I guess does tie into that whole life is experience yeah. kind of thing. And you're saying that you know that's how you see people age, it's because bit by bit they've kind of closed the door and closed the
1: door and closed the door and closed the door. So once you say door. you know all the answers, I think it's, something.
0: Yeah. yeah, whether it's like whether you know the answers or you, you just don't want to look at it anymore. Or, but do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I think there is this thing about this experience which adds to the growth which is all tied into life that once you start... I mean, what's what's that saying? If you're not busy living, you're busy, living, you're busy dying. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that if you do get too trapped in that I go to work, I pay my bills, do, 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 do. guess what? You're on a course, you know what I mean? I mean, we're all on a course yeah. to die, that's that's yeah. that's human in itself. But you get what I'm saying in terms of the experience is I still want to be making, you know, I still want my brain to be as excited as it was when I was like five years old yeah. as when I'm a hundred years old. You know, I don't want to be sitting there going, I know it all and everything sucks and there's nothing we can do. Because I think that's the problem with conclusions. Yeah. So once you reach a conclusion is you can't do nothing about it, if it's just an idea, it's always malleable.
1: That's right. Yeah, that beginner's mind, isn't it? Really, about where you're always sort of learning something new. You're coming coming from a different. And anything's
0: and, possible, you know. haven't yeah, had yeah. a conclusion? There's still possibilities. Once you've got a conclusion,
1: that's that. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's 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 interesting. Um, do you have any kind of observations of how, other, other than what you've just said, that how the world is changing? What's your sort of obviously sort of you, you talk about sort of Adults getting too serious as they, be, as they become adults and losing that child. But what, what else have you observed over the last, I don't know, 20 or so years that you sort of see as sort of some of those patterns you're locking into in your art, um, for example? Or do you do you no. see where we're heading or do you, do you see where we're heading as a community? Or
0: well, what's? I think it's it's one of those things, you know, I, I see it both ways. I see it and I'm horrified and I see it and I'm inspired. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because that is the possibility. Is like I think... If everyone just keeps blindly going the way we're going, we're, we're stuffed. I think that's obvious. You know, mm-hmm. Isn't there like a climate change strike on today? Maybe. Because they have to strike to let people know what's going on. You know? So I think when you look at that side of things, it can be pretty devastating and almost like not even worth, worth it. But then, like I said, working with young people and stuff, you really see what's going on these days. And I'm actually – I do feel more positive about the future
1: because of the young people coming yeah, through. Yeah,
0: and-, and I think, because it's the thing, sort of, you know, someone like myself, when I was young, I had ideas, but I had no way to express them, you know. I didn't really have that many friends around me to even discuss them mm-hmm. with, and, then, you know, so there was nowhere for these ideas to lock. I'll go tell a teacher, oh, he tells me I'm stupid. i go tell someone else, they don't even understand what I'm talking about. I'll talk mm-hmm. to someone else, they haven't got the time for me to hear, you know. Whereas now you got kids who are smart, man. they got websites, they're building their own businesses, you know, like, they have that ability to communicate, and find like-minded people and have open discussions about... Do you know what I'm saying? Sort yeah, of, do. And that has always been... I think that was the one thing that really, I guess, I didn't like at school, is where the superiors were like the gatekeepers and we have the keys of the knowledge and we'll decide what we give you and we'll decide what's accurate and what's what you need and what you don't need and this and that mm-hmm, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you can literally just jump online, find whatever information you want if you want to find a group of like-minded people. Yep. I mean, hey, if you want to find like funding, you know, you got GoFundMe's and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's everything is there for the kids to know what they want to do. And I think the kids wanna fix the world. They want to live in that in that place where they're at now, you know. So I guess it all just comes down to whether we can sort of maintain all the baby boomers stuck in their way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the thing is they seem to hold all the power at the moment and they're in the majority. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that really um, starts to unfold, because yeah. I do think as well, you know, I think you sort of look, you look at your traditional white male Adelaide baby boomer, mm. you know, the sort of the people—they're the people that are sitting in power, they're the yeah, people that right. hold all the keys, they're the people that blah blah blah. But guess what? It's all changing, and mm. good because I don't think it should have been that way in the first place. Yeah. But yeah, so it is, you know, but it is interesting to see that when people have have it their way, that when things start to change, they're not always very. Happy to go mm-hmm. with the change. A lot of the times, they want to stick their feet in the ground and kick up a stink and yeah. you know, sort of go down fighting. So, um, yeah,
1: so, so I don't know. <laughs> it'll be interesting. But, but it's time, a time of transition, isn't it? Really? But I, I think, think we yeah. really
0: are at a time of transition right now. Yeah, and I think it is one of those things where you can either you can either really jump on that negative naysayer of oh, we're all going to die and the, the planet's going to blow up and we're all going to sink into the ocean and stuff. And uh, hey, it's probably a possibility. But you can jump on that thing and just go. Oh, it's all hopeless. What's What's the point? Or you can start working with, you know, looking towards the positive stuff. You know, and I think, I mean, and even that's the whole thing is I think we just got to be more positive. You know, we just got to be a lot less negative and a lot less letting the world beat us down and all that kind of stuff. Because I don't know. Don't you find that when you're calm, that's when the best ideas no, that's come exactly to you? Right. you, you it's, it. uh, yeah, and sort of I think well, everyone's still running around in stress mode trying to create solutions for the stress when they're in the middle of the stress, whereas think if we take a bit more time out slow it all down do the things that we actually enjoy doing in life that i think that's where that's that's where the real wisdom comes from i think Mm.
1: and not trying to control the chaos
0: yeah and not trying to control the outcome either you know what i mean i think sometimes you really just have to let it be and sort of set your intention but if it starts to move in a different direction and that's where it's going to go well you better either move with it or you know sort of (laughs) prepare to move out the way yeah
1: yeah just just a. I was just wanted to, say, just to get your thoughts on the, the, the role that um, mentors sort of play. And I don't need to go into too much debt, but the role of and that could be a friend or it could be someone else. Does that, does that matter, like, for the young people today or for, for Oh, hugely. I think, I think right? it
0: matters in the history of human, you know, human history. Yeah. It's um, because, yeah, I think, like, sort of that, that thing of where you live, you know, I think this is another thing where I... I'm trying to do this entrepreneur stuff for these young people because, you know, a lot of the, the business stuff I've done, I've literally had to make it up myself, you know, and how – you know, if – that's cool that I did it and I'm sure there's other kids out there that could do the same thing. But why not I take all the crap that I've been through and show someone how to do it so then they can come up, minus the crap – so they can be more focused yeah. on the results. And then if they do it with the next person and the next person, see that's that's human evolution so, to me.
1: You know what so I mean? Like learning, so you're passing your learning. Yeah, so you
0: on pass on your learning, but also you like this is how you deal with this and this avoid that and don't do this or you know, but then find that and blah blah blah. And you know, so it's almost like so that all the crap that I've had to go through in my life, that maybe if there's a young person who wants to ha- have a similar career or whatever, I hate the word career, but you get know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Then I can show them how to do things, but all the stuff that came out of the blue and smacked me in the face, I'm ready for it now. So I could say, look, you got to watch out for this or, you know, be prepared for that or whatever. whatever. I mean, I'm talking about yeah, yeah, no, very yeah. generally at the moment, but you get what I'm saying because it's all very personalised wisdom. So I think that if everybody did that, imagine how streamlined that, yeah, okay. you know, we could be down the track because it's just, but I, I don't see that. It seems to be that people that hold the wisdom are like, well, I'm an educator, so you need to pay me for wisdom. Mm. You need to, you know, I mean, fuck, we don't any money to survive. But I think bringing it back to that whole school thing that I was saying yeah. in the first place where it was like, you know, there's stuff that I know I need to know or that I want to know, but I just cannot get access to it, you know? Mm. So that's where I've had to sort of figure it out myself. And it has come at quite, you know, sometimes quite at a cost emotionally, mm. f- Physically, you know, all sorts of stuff, <laughs> <That's> right? right? <laughs> Financially, you know, and so you know, I think that's things to say. If I could, you know, help an artist become a better professional artist, and he helped a better one. Then imagine if every every thing in that 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 chain, there's less problems in that one, then le- even less problems in that one, and even less problems in you know. Imagine the creativity that we could access. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the trick because I think you know because education system, yeah, we need it, but it's not. It's not one hundred percent efficient,
1: hmm.
0: you know. there's just, and I think especially if you don't fit in the education system, so yeah, you
1: can get you can get lost.
0: You right? can get lost, yeah. And I think a lot of these people that don't fit in the system, it's because the system doesn't make sense to them. It's stupid. Yeah. It's outdated. It's prehistoric. You know, they've got ideas that are that are bigger than the system. But if they're not going to get help, they're probably just going to end up becoming a troubled youth and <laughs> ending up in yeah. jail or something. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: So we started off with with you, know, you as a young kid, and we've sort of uh, everybody's aware of what, what we discussed there. What would you suggest, just as a final point, for young people coming forward? And you've kind of come, covered that to a certain extent, but if you have kind of brought it back to an essence, what what would be your kind of key bit of advice of, of young people sort of you know, starting their their lives?
0: I'd say I don't know. I mean, this is this is this is out there, but it's like the best piece of advice I ever got was like from a spike lee movie. Yeah. Do the right thing. Yeah. Have you seen it?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you know the scene where Mr. Mayor goes up to Mookie and he's like, Mookie, do the right thing. Hmm. And Mookie's like, is that it? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Do the right thing. Yeah, and that that's that's my operating system. And people oh, how can you know everyone wants to like overanalyze it and technical. what what about if this situation was this and this and blah blah, blah how would you blah blah but it is about being in the moment you mm. know what i mean and if you're in the moment you know what's right and you know what's wrong you don't even have to question it you know there's just this feeling inside mm-hmm. of you you just know and then so that's that's always my thing i think and sort of that's that's what i follow you know i mean you know, obviously it's that's a very simplified version of it but in terms of me following my dreams me following my ideas me following my inspiration and stuff is it either it either feels good or you know it either feels right or it doesn't feel right, yeah. and it's simple as that. And you know, sort of from that, I guess, sort of that's yeah. I just, I just do what I think is right. And when I say right, it's not about right or wrong in the sort of biblical sense <laughs> or whatever. It's just what's right for me. You know, would do you think this will work? I think it would. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do it. You know. And then, um, yeah. And I think because the thing with that as well, it's it's such a good um, thing to go by because you can use it in any application. Yeah. There's no, oh, but specifics and formulas and this and that. It is just like a you know a guidance thing. And I think sort of that's,
1: yeah, <laughs> always do
0: the right yeah. thing. I mean, like I said, it's a, it sounds stupid, but I think it's the most prolific no, no, thing that, I've ever heard. Yeah, brilliant.
1: Brilliant simplicity. Yeah. Um, how can people find you? We'll put the links on the on the page, but what's yeah. the best way to find you? You've got a website.
0: Yeah, so stylesbe.com, S-T-I-L-E-S-B-E.com. And, um, yeah, do you want to quickly maybe just go over the word styles and why I use it or anything like that, my, my non deplume
1: Yeah, you, get, you go. go yeah? Yeah, yeah?
0: All right. So, um, so yeah, like I said before, originally I was store, S-T-O-R-E. Yeah. So that was when I was in year nine, year eight and nine, and I was like, um, it was just a really cool word. I really liked the letters. You know, I sounded saying I love fonts and this and that. I really, really liked the letters. I really liked the sound that it came off the tongue. At this time as well, Australia wasn't so American or was, wasn't so westernized. Like, Americanized, like the word, everyone was, you go to the shop. You don't go to the store. That's American word. So mm-hmm. it kind of had a little bit of a thing to it. And then like when I was about 15, 16, I started writing Felix because I was really into Felix the cat. So yeah. I would do like a, a Felix and then draw a Felix yeah. or whatever. And then, so I run that for a little bit. And then when I was like, maybe, yeah, when I started hanging out at the clinic and stuff with Shep and that, that's where I was like, all right. Felix thing's not really going to work. I'm just gonna have to come up with a new name again yeah. and I wanted it to just be a name. I wasn't even going to put my face on it. it was just going to be who's this store guy you know yeah. So I went back to store. And that was supposed to only be a temporary thing because me and Shep was out on the clubs and stuff you know we're trying to meet girls and impress people and <laughs> blah 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 And of course he's DJ Shep, so that's his, oh this is DJ Shep and he just started introducing me to everyone at store. So then that name really clicked. And, you know, so the thing was, there's sort of like I guess my rationale that I, you know, because then people say, oh, what does it mean? What do, why did you do it? And I said, well, actually, you know, and it's funny because the words that, you know, sometimes you just pick out of the blue can end up being the words that mean the perfect meaning for you. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, for me it was like being, feeling like I was like a, a store, like a reservoir of like all this creativity and okay. ideas and, you know, it was all just sitting there inside of me kind of stuff. All right, so then, you know, so that, that was it, store, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe a few years ago, I can't remember when I became styles. Is Was that two years ago? But, yeah, yeah. So um, up until then, I was like, all right, well, store is cool, but what are you going to do, type store into the website, into, into Google? Mm-hmm. You're never going to find me. You can type <laughs> store art, and then art stores come up. You know what I mean? It's, a, you know, so all right, I've got to do something here, you know, just to sort of figure that out. So I added an extra R in it, which um, then became the word um, store, which I think was a, I forget where it actually comes from, but it, it means bigger. I think it might mm-hmm. be Dutch or something like that. And it means bigger. Oh, that's that's cool. You know, I just I just, I just put an extra R because I thought it was a cool way to spell it, but then I Googled it and went, oh, that's cool. It's bigger than who I was, bigger than everyone else or whatever. But then I think, yeah, so, so I ran, And that, that's where I was, was with that. Um, and then, obviously, when the new style came around, it was like, oh, I just want to really reinvent myself here because I guess sort of, you know, I had been associated with certain other graffiti artists and stuff that I just wanted to go, I don't, I don't want people to know that I ever was part of that, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so I was like, you know, I came up with the name Styles, which is, you know, one of my favourite names. I just really like the way that, that rolls off the thing, but mm. spelt with an I, not a Y. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, if you sort of look like, Um, the word styles comes from the word style hang on I might have to google that we'll have to look it up (laughs) have you (laughs) where did I put my phone at? Um, there we go and yeah so it's it's, it's like an old um So, yeah, so it's from the Old English steigel, uh, which means to climb. Yeah. So that's sort of, you know, where I'm at the moment uh, is because okay. the store was just me kind of sitting there yeah. full of things, you know. So to climb is to sort of, you know, elevate myself really, you know, yeah, try, okay. to, try to do this. But then the B, the B-E, is like trying to find, I guess, sort of tied into that trying to find that zen and just being, you know uh, what I mean, not really go, trying yeah. to... You know what I mean? Not trying, not okay. oh, doing. It's just
1: a name, but there's a meaning to yeah, it. Yeah, so there is a <laughs> there meaning to it.
0: So, you know, Stars B is actually probably the most thought I put into creating a name that has a definition. Yeah, you know, up okay. until then, it's sort of like, oh, just coincidental or whatever. But yeah, so it is sort of, I guess, like um, my mantra. I don't know. What's, what's the word you use for that? Um, my catchphrase? Yeah. I don't know. But it's sort of like, so Stars B is to sort of, so that's where I'm at the moment, is I want to elevate myself by being myself, yeah. not elevate myself yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'm out sweating, trying to, you know what I mean? And sort of really, I guess, sort of let the uh, inner become the direction and the, the the almost like just levitating by being. and not, yeah. yeah, that's, so, that's
1: really it. Because I know, I know a few years ago um, in, in running a business, we've been uh, almost 15 years, but I think I was freaking out at this point, going this is just too hard and it's not working. And someone sort of just not sure if it was wisdom or it was just kind of just stuck in my mind he said business starts working when you stop treating it like a business and you just start letting it just flow and i think you just become more comfort comfortable and yeah just just be and accept what chaos might come and
0: uh, well and, uh, exactly yeah. now yeah bringing it right back to we just we just don't know do we mm. so you might as well just be here and see what happens that's the, you know yeah it's sort of well, for myself anyway i found like Just to really, you know, like by working off my own um, inner compass or whatever and just by allowing myself to be myself, that has really produced the uh, craziest results. You know, like teaching Prince William how to spray paint. Like, what the heck is that? How did that even come about? But it's interesting that, you know, those things were never instigated. Those things were never, oh, I'm going to go do this. You know, I mean, I did a jacket for ASAP Ferg that he wore when he met Dr. Drake. I didn't plan that, you know, but it was the things... I'd done this, I'd done that, yeah, I'd done okay. that, this, and then someone else had seen all the connections between it and then brought it all together. So, Yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. crazy. The, the, it's, it is funny that the things that I've set out to accomplish have always been really hard. The biggest accomplishments that I've ever had have somewhat felt like they've come out of the blue.
1: That's right. But it, it, But sometimes early in a career... There is more effort that goes into kind of building up those skills, but then you get to a point where you're more proficient, such as yourself, and yeah, you're not you're not faking it until you make it because you you actually know this stuff. But I think you're that's
0: like, where the B comes back into it because it's like you're doing those things, but doing those things is also part of the B. You know, you're learning, you're you're um, building on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that's things. When people say "I oh, just be yourself," it doesn't mean just sit in a room and don't do shit. You know, it's like you're actually doing stuff, you're building on stuff, but it's not. Um, outcome driven you know what I mean so it's like when you're pushing yourself to get better at business you know at the moment I'm teaching myself oh, how do you build a website and blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. but I'm finding enjoyment in just doing those things you know what I'm saying it's like because that is my moment that's me
1: being a being yeah. <laughs> so yeah okay cool thank you so Sweet. much no. that was so good alright thanks for having
0: yeah. me I've answered everything you need to know and yeah,
1: uh, I hope, yeah. hope you um, enjoyed it too so alright thank yeah,
0: you yeah most definitely thanks mate
1: Cheers to comment on today's show do so via square holes or myself on twitter or your favorite social media you can find me at jason dunstone for more on today's show other episodes and articles on all things human-centered customer focused innovation and entrepreneurship go to squareholes.com forward slash blog thank you for listening Uru.